You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Arkansas Ole Miss basketball tonight. Going to be a great matchup, one that should be very interesting, especially with the fact that the Ole Miss Rebel defense is a tough one, and they have only been allowing around 61 points per game this year. Uh, Offensively, they haven't been great, but they've always been a lot to try for people to get over the hump and try to score points against them, especially with the way that they play zone defense. But either way, Arkansas has an opportunity to win three in a row, as does Ole Miss. So a lot riding on this game for both teams. And the only way that we can really get an idea of what we're looking at when it comes to the Ole Miss Rebels is we have to welcome in a very special guest on the phone lines, and it's John Macon Gillespie, who writes for Red Cup Rebellion, does a great job over there covering all things Ole Miss. And we're going to get what the Rebels are all about tonight. So without further ado, let's go ahead and welcome in John Macon Gillespie. What's going on, John? How you doing, man? Man, I'm, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing awesome. Uh, it's a lot of stuff going on with the SEC football schedule, which we may ask you a couple questions about from the Ole Miss perspective uh, later in the interview. But I know they're in Ole Miss for basketball. They're back on the winning ways. They didn't have a lot of games in non-conference because of the COVID issues and all that. But at this point in time, so far, just what's the vibe and mood like there in Oxford for this Ole Miss basketball team? I would say precariously optimistic. Um, things obviously didn't start very well. I mean, non-conference went fine and short-lived as it was, but um, obviously non-conference didn't start very well for the Rebels. Uh, but the last two games last week, they um, put a little bit of a little bit of a shot of optimism back in the fan base, I think. And obviously they're hesitant because they know that this team has some deficiencies, but it was pretty big to go on the road and start for and pick up a win allowing uh, less than 50 points in the process and then picking up a home win over A&M uh, in the throwback home white uniforms, allowing exactly 50 points. So defense really stepped up big uh, last week as it has all season, but it helped to have some shots fall too. What are some of those deficiencies you talk about with the Ole Miss basketball team? Well, they, just to put it frankly, they're not very consistent offensively. Um, Devontae Shuler, obviously, is kind of the bell cow for the team. He's uh, starting point guard and, you know, has kind of been called on to uh, lead this team, uh, not really by himself, but be the, the quote-unquote leader uh, this year after Brian Tyree graduated last season. Uh, but Jarchel Joyner's kind of come around a little bit from a guard position. Uh, Romello White, um, KJ Buffin, they've been, both been being in the paint. Um, so, I mean, but offensively, the team hasn't just hasn't been very consistent this year. I mean, last week they were able to get some get some shots to fall in bunches and kind of go on a run a couple of times. But uh, offensively, it's still an area that I'm I'm concerned about moving forward. Yeah, it's been interesting for a lot of SEC teams to try to make this schedule work. But Ole Miss with Kermit Davis, they had a solid team last year. And I was just curious, uh, what, what was the expectation going in this year? Because you mentioned the struggles, you mentioned the, the issues that they've had. But were fans expecting this team to be an NCAA tournament team? Or, or what was the expectation for the Rebels this year? I think, as is the case at most schools in the SEC, obviously football is team. So getting 
from a successful football season in basketball mode, kind of short notice, didn't give a lot of people a lot of time to kind of dive into what this team was going to be. I think if you ask the casual fan, they would say, yeah, this team probably should make the NCAA tournament. But started hearing some stuff as I was still covering football that uh, this team might not be very good scoring the basketball, which, in case you haven't noticed, you have to do to win games. Um, so my expectation coming into the year was this is probably a bubble team, but since I've seen kind of the struggles offensively, that confidence has waned a little bit. But, again, I say, you know, what what happened last week gave me some some hope that this team can kind of rebound, and if they can if they can pick up a couple wins this week, they'll be well on their way to getting back on track to that that tournament conversation. As most teams are, Ole Miss is better at home than they are on the road, but Ole Miss is a lot better at home. So, what's been the major difference, home and road? That honestly, and and I'm not afraid to say this, I don't know because <laughs> you think when in, in a year like this with COVID and fan restrictions and all this other kind of stuff, you would think that home road splits would be a little bit closer than they would be in a normal year because you don't have super hostile environments or things like that. But you're right. There is some kind of funk kind of that happens or has happened to this point outside of the trip to Starkville, obviously, um, where this team has, has not performed very well on the road. But, you know, again, that, that win in Starkville last week was big. Um, but Kermit Davis always gets his teams up pretty well to play the Bulldogs uh, because that's his alma mater and stuff. And uh, Ole Miss really plays pretty hard when they play state. So um, we'll see if that continues tonight in Fayetteville, if maybe they were able to unlock a little bit of something last Tuesday. We're speaking with John Megan Gillespie of the Red Cup Rebellion here on the Cartridge World Hotline, Out of Bounds, 103.7 The Buzz. John, I'm also looking at what Ole Miss has been able to do this season, and the defense is really – where their bread and butter is at, they're only giving up 61.5 points per game, and Arkansas scoring 85 points per game. So you're talking about nearly a 25-point difference between offense and defense between these two teams. But what is it about Ole Miss's defense that has caused so many problems? Is it their press? Is it their aggression? What what makes them such a good defensive team? Well, they're very tenacious defensively. I mean, that, that should go without saying, I guess, once you look at the numbers. But um something that, and you'll hear this probably tonight on the SEC Network broadcast, once Ole Miss makes a shot offensively, which, again, I've said is sometimes rare, uh, they get into this 1-3-1 press that kind of transitions into a 2-3 zone, uh, and that 1-3-1 that has given a lot of teams trouble this year. I, I'm, you know, they, they fly the ball, they're good at forcing turnovers, um, that kind of thing. They play with a lot of effort on the defensive side of the ball, and honestly, I think they do offensively as well. They just aren't very fortunate to this point in getting shots to fall, but um, they're, yeah, Kermit Davis teams are a lot of times built around defense, so I think that's kind of a pretty strong coaching point for him, and uh, playing in that 1-3-1 after they make a basket really kind of causes some fits for a lot of teams. When, when they need a basket with the offensive struggles, who's their guy that they look to or is there, you know, a number of guys that at any moment somebody could take over the game? Well, I think the easy answer is Devontae Shuler, just because he's the, you know, the sure enough leader of the team. But, again, I say Starkel Joyner, who transferred in last year, had to sit out a year uh, after – he's actually an Oxford High School alum, but played a 
year or two out in California, uh, comes back here. I think he's he started off kind of slow. I think he he even would admit that he was pressing a little bit, having come back home and wanting to succeed in this home environment. But now he's last week against Texas A&M, he was the second leading scorer behind Shuler. He actually might have led the game in points. Uh, I'll have to go back and look, but he's uh, he's he's really come around here lately. So I, I would say from the guard position, it would be uh, Shuler or Joiner. But also they, you know, they really kind of try to run their offense through their inside guys with Romello White and KJ Duffin. Now looking at the matchup against Arkansas, what do you think about this matchup itself? What is it that Arkansas does that may cause problems for Ole Miss? Or just what do you make of the game tonight itself? Well, I, I actually kind of like this line. I mean, I, I think that you know you said Arkansas right now is favored by four and a half. I think, and uh, I do think Arkansas is the better team, uh, just from what I've seen to this point. Um, but, you know, I, I think that Ole Miss can definitely hang with them if they're able to uh, to actually, you know, make shots. Again, they struggled on the road. But um, if they can if they can get some shots to fall, I think they can hang with them. But it, it, it's difficult kind of for me to say because, again, this team has been so streaky and inconsistent to this point. I was on a radio show yesterday, and I said, you know, I, I really need to see this team this week because if they – if they perform this week like they did last week, then I'm kind of back on the train a little bit to saying that, you know, this team can, can maybe make a push to make the tournament uh, at the end of the year. But if they if they kind of revert back to their old ways starting tonight, then um, I'm still kind of skeptical. So if Ole Miss does what going into this game, if they do what, and they what, what will they do, in your opinion, to come out with a win? Well, you've, you've got to get some open looks with Devontae Shuler and Jarkel Joyner. I feel like I'm coming back to those names a lot, but uh, you got to get them some open looks. got to get them some some confidence here on the road. Uh, and then, you know, you, you've got you've got to execute defensively, which has been your bread and butter all year. Um, sometimes, you know, the defense kind of collapses a little bit, but uh, for the most part, the defense has been the strength of this team um, more times than not. So, if they if they can make some shots and execute well in the one three one, um, I think they've they've got a they've got a good shot. We'll continue our discussion with John Macon Gillespie here in just a second. But first, though, folks, I'm going to tell you about Built Bar, and I'm going to keep telling you about it. I've ordered me another box. I ran out, as you all know, and I just I started going. And I was like, I got to get this because I like having something that's so healthy and so good and gives me the multitude of flavors, 18 different ones that you can possibly have, and it just tastes great, and it's so easy, and it makes me feel better instead of going for you know some of the more unhealthier options. Built Bar is the way to do it. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, so they're great for all different diets. And the best part about it is because of this podcast, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. Simple as that. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Looking at the SEC in general, and it's kind of funny because besides Bama, who is just on a winning streak like no one's ever expected, LSU's really good. We know Tennessee is good, and even Florida, when they've played games, they've looked solid. Missouri, I can't figure out because they beat Tennessee over the weekend but then lost to Auburn last night, so who really knows what they're looking at. But just looking at the SEC in general, what do you make of this conference? How many 
teams in there that are actually good, that are actually tournament teams? Is this a bad year? What do you make of the conference? I think that three te- three or four teams are actually quote-unquote good. I mean, uh, Alabama, LSU, and Tennessee are the three I'd really throw in that in that pot. Um, Missouri can be, obviously, as we've seen, but their, their loss to Auburn last night kind of makes me think, okay, maybe they're not for real, or maybe Auburn's kind of coming into form a little bit. Um, you know, it, it, I feel like we kind of have this discussion every year with SEC basketball. What exactly are we looking at with a lot of these teams? I mean, are they are they pretenders? Are they for real? You know, what what exactly is the is the thing? And I know Ole Miss has played Alabama on the road, and they're a phenomenal team. I mean, pretty complete. Um, and they played LSU at home, and LSU really kind of had their way with them. So those are the two teams I've seen really up close, I guess, because they played Ole Miss. And uh, I believe both of them can can make some noise. Looking at football, aside from just the conference schedule, you got some pretty good non-conference opponents starting off with Louisville, and then later in the season you have Liberty coming to town. And we know what the storyline is there. Yeah, and I'm, I'm actually working on a story right now for Red Cup, kind of doing a deep dive into the schedule a little bit. And uh, obviously that, that Liberty game is going to be circled by Hugh Freeze and um, probably Ole Miss fans too because – even though Ole Miss is fully expected to be the better team by the time Week 10 rolls around, uh, it, it's a game they want to win. And, you know, you you don't say that a ton about non-conference games being circled on the schedule, but it is one that will be important for the fan base and for um, the players as well. So, uh, But, yeah, you know, you open with, with Louisville, you've got Austin P, you've got Tulane, and then I think you have a bye week and then go to Alabama. So you kind of have a a few games that would be considered as tune-ups in a normal world uh, before kind of getting thrown into the fire in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about this SEC schedule, and it's just funny to think about, uh, you know, Arkansas and Ole Miss. They've had some really close games, and, you know, Arkansas seems like it's, for whatever reason, Arkansas has beaten Ole Miss, I feel like, more times when Ole Miss should have beaten Arkansas. Like, during the Hugh Freeze days, you know, Hugh Freeze could beat Alabama twice in a row, but he couldn't beat Arkansas twice in a row. This past season... Everyone thought that Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin and the offense that they had were going to roll into Fayetteville and get the victory, but then Matt Corral throws six interceptions. It, it just seems like these two teams, you never really know what to expect in this uh, upcoming season in the second year of both Lane Kiffin and Sam Pittman. doesn't look like it's going to be anything different either. Yeah, and I think if you ask you know, a typical Ole Miss fan, they would say this matchup is probably cursed uh, <laughs> just because of the weird things that kind of happened. You know, in, in 2015, you had the fourth and 25 lateral. Um, but if you ask an Arkansas fan, you know, you, you might be able to talk a little bit about this, but they probably say, okay, this matchup is kind of blessed because, you know, we've had, a, we've had some, some things kind of go our way. But um, if, you, if you ask me, especially during football season, you know, what I think about the direction of these two programs, I think Sam Pittman has a great coaching staff around him, and I think Lane Kiffin does too. Uh, I think it's definitely two programs that are on the rise. And, um It'll be it'll be one that I'm I'm looking forward to in 2021. Uh, maybe having to take some antacid along the way, but uh, it'll it'll be uh it'll be a fun one for sure. No, it's a bit early, but based off what happened the first season under Lane Kiffin, what's the fan base kind of thinking expectations going into year two? Uh, they are fully bought in. Um, you know, there's been there's been talk and rumors and stuff about how you know. 
certain certain programs with coaching vacancies has have wanted to poach Lane Kiffin from Ole Miss after year one, and honestly, that's a welcome sign I think for people who actually sit down and think about it because under Matt Luke, nobody wanted to come get Matt Luke from Ole Miss as a head coach, but now. <laughs> The Rebels have a head coach that is winning, has the program on the on the right trajectory, uh, and is, you know, for lack of a better term, he's fun on Twitter, and uh, that that's kind of the energy that they want in their program. So, I would definitely say the uh, the fan base is fully bought in. I mean, they they're they're like you know lane train signs everywhere and T-shirts and all this other kind of stuff, and people are fully bought in to the Lane Kiffin era. We'll continue our discussion with John Megan Gillespie here in just a second. But, folks, betonline.ag, you're not going to get a better deal than this because we love sports. We love watching sports, but we also love making money on sports. And there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust here on this podcast, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On for 50% off your welcome bonus. we got the Super Bowl upcoming. There's going to be a lot of prop bets going on with that. you got basketball, college basketball, NBA, all that fun stuff as well. you got future betting that you can do. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON for 50% off your welcome bonus with your first deposit at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Do you think Lane Kiffin ends up leaving at some point? I know it's you can never say never, but... Is this something to where he could kind of make Ole Miss, if he has success, into his own little uh, university that he runs and gets the big recruits and, and wins and competes for SEC West Tiles? Do you think he'll stay at Ole Miss for the long haul as long as he has success? I think that it would take the right job to open for him to leave. That makes sense. I think that I think he is in at Ole Miss in his mind for the long haul. But let's say. You know, there's there's a job that would be perceived nationally better than Ole Miss that comes open. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see him leaving for that. But I think athletic director Keith Carter and the guys in that athletic administration office are going to do everything they can, whether it be financially or whatever, to keep Wayne in Oxford. Um, he's again, he's he's brought so quickly a new energy to the city, to the university, to the fan base, to everything. I mean, when when he landed in Oxford after he got the job, I mean, an Ole Miss fan handed him his baby to hold on the tarmac and <laughs> take his picture with him. So, I mean, you know, that, that's the kind of thing and the kind of thirst that this this program had for relevance again, and I think they found it with Lane Kiffin. So they're going to do everything in their power to keep him as long as he'll stay. Uh, but I, I do think that if, if the right job came open down the road, yeah, I feel like he would leave. But, you know, hopefully from an Ole Miss perspective, if – if that happens, then you know your program's in better in a better position than it was when he got here. So, what do you think of in-state recruiting? And we know that there's a big rivalry with Mississippi State. You got Mike Leach there, uh, Southern Miss. At times, they can step up and maybe get some recruits. Would doubt that they would be able to steal some away from Ole Miss or Mississippi State. But believe it or not, Jackson State right there in yeah. the same state, and you guys have a lot of JUCOs in the area. And so they're able to go in and, and get some recruits, and you have to worry about Jackson State now as well. For the first time probably ever in my life, I'm excited to see what Jackson State does on the football field. Because, again, <laughs> like Ole Miss and Mississippi State have both done, they've brought in a big name that is exciting. And I think for 
for a program like Jackson State and the FCS and the SWAC, I mean, you, you need that level of excitement. And uh, I think, you know, they they put together a really good recruiting class this time. And uh, But to, to focus on your question, I think in-state recruiting, while, yes, it's important, I think Kiffin said when he first took the job, he wants to recruit nationally. Um, so if there's a kid that's in Mississippi, you know, that he thinks there's a better kid somewhere else, he's going to go after that, that better kid. Um, and that's, that's really kind of a 180 from the recruiting mantra of Matt Luke, who was all Mississippi-made and things like that. And I think Lane understands that to be a nationally relevant program, which is his goal at Ole Miss, uh, he, he needs to recruit national kids and produce a national brand. So, um, you know, while, again, yes, in-state battles are important, uh, both as athletes and just normal students, uh, if you ask Kiffin, he would say, you know, the national battle is probably more important. Yeah, I'd be having a hard time thinking who's kind of the cooler coach to play for because everyone thought Kiffin was the cool guy, but it's kind of hard to say no to Deion Sanders if he comes walking into your living room saying, hey, I want you to come play for prime time. Right, and I mean, uh, Deion landed one or two or maybe more four stars this time around. I mean, it's something that's not heard of at Jackson State. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, again, you know, he like you said, he, he walks into your house and he's like, hey, I want you to play for me. Who's really going to say no to that? And, you know, so I, I think he's he's going to build something at Jackson. And he seems to be pretty bought in uh, to, to be there for a while. So I think that he's he's going to definitely build something at Jackson State. It's going to be going to be fun to watch. It'll be fun just to go to those press conferences <laughs> after games and hear about them. So yeah, it should be a lot of fun. But just like this game tonight, should be a lot of fun between Arkansas and Ole Miss. John, we really appreciate you joining us, man. Great stuff. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the rest of the season. I'll be sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road, all right? All right. Thanks, guys. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 